You're listening to G4D, Grounds for Discussion, a weekly music podcast hosted by your two most caffeinated hosts, Adam and John. So sit back, relax, pour yourself a cup of coffee, and enjoy the following episode. Phones feel off. Do they? I, I don't know why. Oh, you know what it is, Adam? Left ear is on the right ear and vice versa. Ah, uh, that would do it. Rookie mistake. Happens to the best of us sometimes. Ooh, yeah, now that's better. Everything just sounded kind of like off. Yeah. I don't know. The sound was like warped, like a David Lynch movie or something. Oh. Yeah. Keeps things interesting, right? Keeps well, that, things. That master class looks interesting. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot he came out first, with that. First step of the product you need to produce. First, drink ten cups of coffee, followed by twenty cigarettes to drown in the coffee. Then write whatever comes to mind. There's one bit of it. I saw a clip where he's like, "Write down seventy ideas. Once you have seventy ideas, you have a film." A feature film can be written with 70 ideas. <laughs> David Lynch Step voice one, is one of my favorite voices. Pencils. Important. <laughs> Step two. Dust with pencils. <laughs> God. Uh, hey, everybody. Welcome to another oh, episode of G4D, a.k.a. Grounds for Discussion. This magnificent human being right across <coughs> from me is Adam. Hello. He's a man of many impressions, and I laugh at every single one of them. Oh, thanks, John. Yeah, and so I, I, sweet. I only do a couple impressions, just a few here and there. So yeah, David Lynch is pretty good. Yeah. So we are your co-hosts today. We will be reviewing the latest albums from the Cinematic Orchestra and Stephen Malkmus, but just mm. him. Not no, the, one, no one else. No not, mix, no pavement, just, just him. Did you say mix? Yes. Yeah, Isn't it Jix? I think it's the Jix. Yeah. <laughs> uh, why would he name him Stephen, Stephen Malkmus in the mix? I don't know. Alliteration? Yeah, you know? probably. There you go. It, it, it could work. Yeah. And <laughs> the mix. It's the Jix. What is a Jick? I don't know. I'm afraid to look that up on Urban Dictionary. I'm afraid Dictionary. to look it up, too. I'm also afraid to look up Mick, because I feel like that's a term too as well i feel like that's like an english slang term isn't like, it like the rolling stones hey you bloody mick uh well we, we probably just upset a, all a of jick, our overseas friends a jick is a stupid foolish dim-witted stinky or otherwise undesirable <laughs> person place thing event or memory so stephen malchus and the stupid people <laughs> is what they should have called that band <laughs> could you imagine like you know it's kind of, you know elvis can elvis costello and the imposters Kurt Vile, the violators, Stephen Malcolmus, and the stupid people. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> These are the jicks. They're terrible. I'm going to introduce them one by one, playing the dumb bass guitar. It's Andrew. This guy is awful over here. He, I, I just, I can't stand him. I don't even know why we're in a band together. This dim-witted person on the drums, personal friend of mine. His name is Michael. <laughs> and then this moron over here. <laughs> I did not know that. Oh, <laughs> what a what a hilarious thing to talk about. You know what else is hilarious, Adam? 
the lineup for Woodstock. Now, before we go into our reviews, Adam <laughs> yeah, and I should. at one point had kind of went in depth and made our predictions for what the upcoming 50th anniversary lineup for Woodstock would look like. And I would say we were pretty accurate. Yes, we, had, we were. Um, I think we called, did we call the Killers? I think we called them, but we definitely called like an old school rock band from that era. So yep. Robert Plant will be there. Santana will be there. We also called Greta Van Fleet. Mm-hmm. They're going to be there. Oh, they got Led Zeppelin. Nice. <laughs> Greta Van Fleet. Anyways, <laughs> sorry, you caught me off guard. I was like, mm. I don't think I saw that on the list. And then I was there's like, like an interesting uh, combination of just like people who I guess would fit a Coachella lineup. Like, I guess you have yeah. the hippie. I think they're they're lacking hippie bands, to be honest. Like MGMT would have fared well in this thing. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I don't know. It just seems like a weird combination of just like whatever they could throw. It's really not a good lineup. There's a couple artists on there that like would be cool to see you know soccer mommy's on there she she was at some of the other big festivals too right coachella i believe as well yeah Ugh, imagine dragons is gonna be there yeah. right mm, i'm really jealous though uh and more is playing for three days so that's pretty cool oh okay yeah i don't know who that is oh that was a joke oh and right. more like um, like and more artists to be there. Okay, I'll stop. Um, Anyways, I, I, I'm sorry. Usually I pick up. <laughs> That's on okay. Those kind um, of jokes, but the coffee hasn't really hit me yet. And I feel like too, you know, Woodstock was kind of like this, you know, up and coming thing for guitar players and like peace and love, and just lineup doesn't really accentuate that. It does to an extent. There are some, you know, like Santana. Hmm. That, um, that doesn't surprise me. That David Santana's Crosby, there. that's kind of cool. I don't know. It's Robert Plant's gonna be there. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not crazy about it, but also, why are the zombies like below Vince Staples? Like, <laughs> didn't the zombies play the original Woodstock? Probably. Like, I don't know Green, if they I'm surprised. It, like but... Green Day isn't playing it, or like more like those kinds of bands, like Offspring and. You know, th- bands like that that actually played it when they brought it back in the 90s. I, m- maybe even they realized that nobody wants to see them. <laughs> I mean, that'd be, that, but, but, that, but that's like the whole point of it. It's to recreate those memories. So like, you know, get all the mud and play when I come around and whatever. When I come around. Wow. Sound, I, I can't tell a difference there between All you the singing. <laughs> uh, well, obviously the coffee is already hitting you. And are we still drinking the uh, Trader Joe's coffee here? Yep, we are almost out though. So. Aww. But that's okay because new beans. Yeah, I was about to say, you're, you're, you're trying to wind down on the Trader Joe's coffee here, but it... Yeah. it, 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 it that that shelf looks kind of empty. It is extremely empty. I actually just got an email from Just Coffee Co-op. Great mm. coffee. I'm debating ordering something from there that we could try. This Wait, one sounds pretty good. What? Who, who are you fooling? Come on. D- 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 don't, don't, don't try and play. You're buying it. I probably Whenever will. you say the phrase, oh. I'm debating ordering it, it means you're going to order it. Just just stop with the shenanigans. Yeah, <laughs> this looks pretty good. It's an Ecuador single origin, and it's on sale. N- notes of cherry, 
cola and malt. See, you've already convinced yourself. You're buying it. I don't know. I've been... See, it says it's light, but it's it's about a medium. But I don't know. I've been really liking light roast lately. Dark is just all taste the same to me at certain points. Really? Yeah. I feel the opposite. Oh. I've been in a dark mood. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. Oh, that will change, though. With the warmer weather coming in, I'm definitely going to get back into the light stuff. Yeah. So. Oh, man. Okay. I, I am excited. I am very excited. You want to know why, Adam? Because I get to talk to you. Because you're not a jick. <laughs> I am not a jick. <laughs> I am not a jick. That was Richard Nixon. Right. <laughs> it totally threw me off. <laughs> um, I I think we've got an interesting lineup of albums to talk about here. And we're first going to talk about the latest album from the Cinematic Orchestra. Now, before I begin with kind of our, you know, quick notes on the band... Are you familiar with them? I am. This is the first album I've ever heard. Okay. All right. Well, they've come back after 12 years with the latest album, To Believe. And for those of you who don't know, they're British new jazz. They got electronic elements to them. When they play live, they have a full band with a turntablist and electronic music, Hmm. musicians there. They've been around since 1990, their first album, Motion. And their previous album came out in 2007, so it's been 12 years. Long, long overdue due from them. A lot of people have been really wanting them to come back into the fray. Looks like they're uh, Stanley Kubrick fans. Yes. La Fleur, I can mm-hmm. walk. Yes. Eh, there's yeah. another word he uses, but I don't want to say that word because Nazis <laughs> are bad. Yeah, exactly. They are very bad. So this is only their fourth album. Of course, they've got different soundtracks and compilations that they have in there, but this is their fourth album of like the band of their own album that's not for something else gotcha and they're not only just back on the new album they're touring around england and eventually europe later this year so they are kind of just right back at it like it's like in full swing and everything so the best way to kind of talk about this band before we get into it is just kind of say that there was some hype behind this and they're definitely a lot more successful, I think, in England and overseas in general. And I think that they definitely kind of have a unique sound. So for me, they're a very, very good morning band to listen to. Hmm. And on this album, they actually have quite a few featured artists on here, including Moses Sumney on here. So they've got an interesting kind of comeback album in the sense that they're kind of diverting from a lot of their more instrumental aspects and having more featured artists like Moses Sumney and uh, Roots Maneuva on there as well. So, Adam. What's up? You know what I'm going to ask. I know how I feel about this album. How do you feel about it? Interesting that you said it was a morning album because I could see this as a night album. Ooh. Disagreement. Oh, not disagreement. It's just... It's very atmospheric. As someone who's not listened to this band before, I feel like their music lives up to their name. It is a cinematic orchestra of sounds and styles that could easily fit into a quirky indie movie, I feel like. Yes, or even an abstract avant-garde film, which is what they've done before. Okay, so I imagine if you saw them live and they played this, there'd be visuals or something to accompany this kind of music. Uh yeah, I would I would think so. Yeah. I I don't think I've ever watched any live footage of them, but yes, huh. it is definitely something that would pair well with that kind of visual 
aspect to it. Yeah, it, it feels really cool. It's a different, very different experience. It, it, I felt like I was listening to a movie soundtrack than I was like an album. Mm-hmm. I can see that. I To your point about it being very atmospheric, it definitely really kind of takes over like your surroundings. It's definitely very rich in the detail that's created. Yeah, there are a lot of layers and different elements that kind of bring these songs to life. There's a lot of a couple rap elements, some R&B drums mixed in there. And then there's also the traditional jazz elements that they have. They have two instrumental tracks on here, which I was kind of surprised that it was only two tracks. I mean, and granted, this album may only have seven songs on it, but it's still around an hour. So yeah, it's still... all the songs are about five, seven minutes apiece, some of them trailing 11. It's definitely an investment album, I think, to listen to because it opens up very somber. It's very, very much like, you know, I don't know. I don't know if it's depressing. It's, it wasn't depressing I, for I, me. I kind of saw it more as ambient spa music. Like kind of you just keep it on the background. Okay. You're listening to it. You're kind of engulfed into a different environment. You know, like when you're in a spa, it's like it's tranquil. It's calm. It, it had a lot of that vibes for me. I, I could see that. I can definitely see that. I think the overarching themes that are here are kind of believing in something greater yeah it definitely has like an epic feel towards it it does especially on the song lessons which i don't know i've been playing a lot of kingdom hearts and it sounds like a song straight up out of kingdom hearts you know what i really (laughs) didn't think about that until you said that but that's surprisingly accurate it's got like the pianos and like the and like the big band sound that drum just does not stop either i just love that steady drum beat that just keeps on going and going it would just be perfect for like a morning drive in my opinion yeah and I think the thing that's really interesting about this album too as well is that it's very grand in scope from beginning to end. Like I said, it starts off kind of somber and very slow in the beginning, but it definitely builds up as it goes along. I feel like it gets more and more engaging as it goes through. Yeah, and I think with this type of music, that's kind of what you want. You know, kind of start off slow, add more layers and elements. Don't give everything away all at once. Mm -hmm. Now, this is going to be more of a personal preference on my side here but i did wish that they had more instrumental tracks on here i love their instrumental songs and i feel like there wasn't much of that on here like i said there's only two tracks but even when the featured artists are there they really do take over most of the song yeah it's more of the focus on them singing than it is about the music exactly and i feel like if you're calling yourself the cinematic orchestra like you need more instrumentals yeah it's sometimes they kind of strip back their instrumental aspects to let the singers take over and while i appreciate that especially since they've got some singers on here with really great voices yeah that moses sumney track is really really good oh yeah very very strong track i i just kind of felt like okay this they could have maybe done something to make it a little less sparse like this album wouldn't work as well if it was all instrumental i understand that but those tracks where they feature artists I almost wanted more from them, more from the the orchestra aspect that you mentioned earlier. Yeah, and you're I, I get I haven't really heard of most of the other singers here, but they're probably known for mostly singing. Like I know Moses somebody plays guitar, but like it's not like he's playing guitar to complement yeah. the song. So you're getting these artists who have unique voices to contribute to, you know, the, the sounds that are coming out. Yeah. So, yeah, I would agree. Yeah, I I'm I'm glad we took the chance to review this though. Because not only is it a good chance for you to listen to some new music, but I think it's also like important to kind of 
talk about an artist that just does something genuinely unique. Like there's no other band out there that sounds like the cinematic orchestra and it's great to have them back. And for my final thoughts on this album, if you're a fan of theirs, absolutely listen to this album. I don't think that there are going to be many disappointed cinematic orchestra fans out there. And while it's a personal preference of mine that they had more instrumental tracks on here, that's not to say what here is bad or I didn't enjoy. I really enjoyed this. I do think this album is an investment. I don't think these are tracks that you listen to just by themselves. They're all like kind of part of it. There's almost a like three act structure to it as well, like that of a play or a movie like we talked about earlier. And I think it really engulfs you when you listen to it. Like, get a good pair of headphones on and really get engaged into this. And I was back and forth on my final review for this, but I'm going to go for it. I'm going to give it a known it. Oh, wow. Yes. I'd be very curious to see what this would sound like on vinyl. I I think probably not right now, but eventually down the line, it was something that I would like to have. Cool. Yeah, so this was my first experience into this band, so... I I thought it was a really cool listen, um, definitely something very unique, and I thought I was almost on a journey throughout the whole experience, so it was really cool in that aspect. Again, it's probably not for everyone, but if you're into like instrumental and orchestral music, like this is totally up your alley, and I yeah. felt like, you know, it was really cool to hear that. So I'm gonna give it probably a download it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. it's there are it, there are good elements on it, of course, but like you know. It's not for everyone. It's a little bit of a long listen, mm-hmm. but it's if you're a fan of classical music and that kind of stuff, I would definitely recommend this. Yeah. They blend those <clears throat> classical elements and jazz together really, really well. Yeah. Which is why I, I wanted to hear more of those instruments together. They're, they're also like one of those bands that I think I would really enjoy seeing live too, but they're, they're never going to come around here to Orlando, unfortunately. <laughs> Probably not. I don't think there's many cinematic orchestra fans down here in Florida, unfortunately. Not that we know of. Yeah, not that we know of. All right. So uh, the next one. <laughs> God, here we go. <laughs> I am super excited to talk to you about this one. I know it sounds mean, but I always like to talk to you about albums that like have a like an animated GIF reaction from you when I ask you about them in our uh, text message. <laughs> what, which one did I send you last you, night? I think it was uh, James Corbin. Was James Corden, Corden going like he's like scratching his head like yeah so for those of you who do not know stefan malkmus that's how you say it, right malkmus malkmus yeah. malkmus is what or was rather i should say i mean they did get back to back together at one point uh for kind of a reunion of sorts he was the lead singer and guitarist for pavement a highly influential indie rock band from the 90s for those of you out there who are wondering if you've heard of this band or not, look up the song Cut Your Hair. It's kind of like their infamous single. And then also has that really infamous MTV <laughs> performance too as well. Oh God. Where he just starts yelling into the mic. It's great. Anyway, now after they broke up Pavement when I think it was in two... No, it was actually 1999. Sorry. In 2000 is when he formed the band with the Jicks that we've mentioned earlier. And they've kind of been coming out with albums like pretty regularly. Yeah, they came out with an album last year, I believe. Yes, sir. Called Sparkle Hard. And now he's back, although just by himself, without the jicks. It's just good old Stephen Malkmus. So I read somewhere that 
he actually presented this album to a couple different record companies and mm-hmm. they rejected it. Yes. So he finally found a home on Matador Records where he can release Groove Denied. Yep. His first electronic album. Yes. It took 12 to 13 years to get this out of the door and it took a lot of convincing to Adam's point and eventually the uh president and founder of Matador Records, Chris Lombardi, said, you know what, now's the right time to put out this album. But the question is, was it really? (laughs) Because you and I have some thoughts about it. And I don't know if you want to take it away from there. Oh boy, do I. Um, (laughs) You're chomping at the bit. You know, like, John is very good about recommending me electronic music. And... I probably know what you're going to think about this, but this just feels extremely unorganized. It feels like, because I've had this thought in my mind that he's making an electronic album, it starts off electronic, sure, but then it just kind of morphs into, oh, this could be a Pavement, Stephen Malkmus and the Jicks album. It starts off very, it's like, I imagine someone who's never made electronic music before going, you know what? This bleep and bloop right here sounds pretty good. I'm just going to put that in there. So it sounds cool. So let's just do that. It's music. And I felt like, the, especially the first like three, four tracks where there's actually electronic elements to this just didn't work. I am right there with you, man. I wanted to like this album. I at least always give an album two listens through yeah when we, when we review an album and i tried on the third one and i gave up like halfway through this just was not clicking for me and it's not in the sense of like oh it's not as good as pavement or as other stuff that he does with the no jicks. it's just not good yeah it's i think the problem so basically there's three songs at the beginning of the album that have electronic elements and then you get to come get me and eventually just kind of like there's little elements electronic here and there, but kind of slowly turns back into like a rock album. And the problem with the three beginning tracks is they're structured very similar. There's always like this, you know, bump, 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 but the beat is on a different thing and eventually it lines up and that's how they both start. Mm-hmm. And then there's just like bleeps and bloops entered through it <laughs> the, the second song a bit wilder oh my god so towards the end of that song it sounds like he's doing like a loop it's like bump 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 and there's this really awkward pause mm-hmm. in between it that sounds like he messed up the loop but i know he did it on purpose and it's like it it just doesn't sound good so in interviews leading up to this album he spoke about bands like lcd sound system kind of being an influence And I can get why he heard that and was like, oh, I want to do that. Because LCD Sound System does a good job of melding dance and punk together. Mm -hmm. And they're one of those bands that's going to be highly influential, I think, for further generations to come. So I understand he probably heard that and was like, I want to do that. I like the on the nose meta lyrics that James Murphy is doing. And I can do that because Stephen Malkmus has always been a pretty strong lyricist. Mm-hmm. And that is still retained on this album. Not that it's his best work by a long shot. Not trying to say that. But he's been pretty steady in that department, I think. Yeah. Which is probably one of the shining elements of this album. And I think, too, 
you know, the further it goes into the album where he actually does what he's good at, it gets better. Yes. But like those couple like beginning tracks, it was just like, eh, I just want to try it. They're, 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 they feel unpolished. So if this album had come out when it was originally intended, 12 or 13 years ago, it would have been considered ahead of its time. But given that it's come out in 2019, it's behind the times. All right. So if this came out 12 years ago, what year is that? That'd be 2007? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So what came out in 2007? I guess that's the question, like electronic-wise. Uh, we, 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 I'd we, have to look that yeah, up. Yeah, we, like, we'd have to look it up. I, I think... I think just, I guess my point is, is that... I feel like maybe it, I don't know if it'd be ahead of his time, but I think it would be like, like if you told, if I never listened to electronic music and that album came out in 2007, it's like, okay, they're just trying to find what works. Like yes. the technology isn't there. The sound isn't there. It's more of ideas of songs than it is about like trying to get a full song out. But at least at that point, this kind of sound wouldn't have been as common there are a lot more indie bands now in this day and age that are incorporating electronic elements into their music, and it's going to continue to happen. I mean, there's just so much electronic music in general out there. Yeah. And it doesn't help, too, that like you have streaming platforms where so much of that music is readily available. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing. Sometimes, at of no fault to him, of course, you, know, you just have so much music out there that just kind of further proves why this album doesn't work as well yeah and well because everyone's kind of i i see what he's trying to do but there's other i think there's better ways to structure your songs without sounding like a cluster yes it is definitely a cluster like he on the third song victor boring is that what it's called it's a, yeah I, th- I think you're you're yeah pretty, Vic, uh, victor you're, you're Borgia. yeah yeah you're, you were almost there like i feel like that's the kind of electronic sound he was focusing on even yes. though it was very david bowie-esque Yes. Like I feel like it took him three songs just to get into the groove. And that opener is, it's just, it's boring. It's like gibberish yes. at the end. It, it's not good. And I'm going <laughs> to, it's not good. It's just not good. It's not good. And I'm going to piggyback off of that. There's a lot of 70s sounds in this. And mm-hmm. you and I touched upon it off mic prior to as well. There's songs that sound like David Bowie, like you mentioned. There's songs that sound like the kinks on here too as well. Yeah. So it's just like, now you're starting to really mix in a lot. And as admirable as it is that he, you know, played all the instruments, produced, and engineered this album. Oh, wow. Uh, this is a perfect example of where a great producer would have been able to take this to a different level than mm-hmm. he did himself. This is just not music that I feel like he feels comfortable with. It's music he wants to play. Yeah, he's. it's very timid. Yes, there are just some songs that are just sleepy too. Like electronic music can really be a beat and really moving and really get your blood pumping. There are some tracks on this song where I'm just like, and I'm falling asleep. Yeah. And it's not just because I didn't get a lot of sleep last night. <laughs> it's just that low. You, you can't write. It can't just be bleeps and boop bloops. There yeah. has to be some kind of structure. And I feel like he's good at the structure part, but as far as like, where this instrument is going to go, how long this loop is going to be. It's just, and what he's picking is just not interesting. Completely agree. I think we can jump into the final thoughts. Absolutely. I feel like, Um, I feel like unfortunately we could rail against this album for quite a while. I want to reiterate again, it's not because this isn't pavement. It's not because it's not his other material. I just think that 
for whatever ambition and for whatever ideas he had here, he needed somebody to really cultivate those more. Like this album is the equivalent of only getting one layer of paint on your bedroom wall. Like it, it needs another coat. It, it needs another coat. It needs another pass. It needs somebody to go through this with a fine tooth comb. Like I, I, I don't want to knock something that sounds like interesting and he's trying something new. I don't, I never like knocking that, but I'm going to have to, I could not engage with this album at all. And it's a disappointment to say that, but I tried. I really, really tried. I couldn't get into it, regardless of what kind of pedigree he has. And it is definitely a stream it. Hmm. I am teetering between a leave it and a stream it for me. I just, I can't say I want to come back to this album, nor do I want to. I feel like as this is labeled as an electronic album, the electronic elements of it don't work. And it's like he almost gave up halfway through the album where he's like, okay, I've, I've done what I wanted to do. Now I want to make a solo record of, you know, rock music. And, and the rock music is like, it's just generic. It's boring. I don't think I would come back to it. So ultimately, I think I might give this a leave it. Whoa. Yeah. I, I'm being the nice guy this time I know, around. I know. I just... <laughs> Like, honestly, I can't say I want to come back and listen to this, though. No, I, I can't say that either. And it's, This one's for the fans. Yeah, and it's not to say that Stephen Malcolmus shouldn't incorporate these elements into his music because he should very well should be able to do that. But, like, just a whole album dedicated to it I don't think works. And I think, you know, incorporating that alternative sound and a couple of these electronic elements together could make something really cool. So huh. let's let's see what happens in the future. All right. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd be interested in him going back to that. I would. I yeah. would. Uh, I just not saying he needs to go back to it, but uh, no. you know, if he combined what he's good at, which is that style of music, with these kind of elements, I think he could have something really special. Agreed. Agreed. I think probably the one track I did like on it was "Rushing the Acid Fast." Fast? No, "Rushing the Acid Frat." I don't know why I said fast. <laughs> fast. Acid fast. Fast acid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh man! Well, I I was not expecting you to give that low of a rating. You, you always keep me on uh, my toes here, buddy. Whoop, <laughs> whoop! <laughs> I don't know if that's a toe sound effect, but it is now. <laughs> All right, buddy. Well, I'm running out of coffee, and so are you. We yep. have quite a bit to talk about next week. For whatever reason, this Friday is a huge release day. Mm-hmm. Jenny Lewis, American Football. And I feel like there are more that I'm missing off the top of my I head. Wanna, there definitely are. I think it already came out, but the Karen O. Danger Mouse album. That's right. We got to yeah. talk about that, too. There, there's definitely some other ones that I can't think of off the top of my head. But, yeah, it's going to be a big week. There's another electronic artist I would like to check out, Jada G. Just, just so much. Just so, so much. We're now at that point where things are going to be coming in fast and furious. You know, Tokyo Drift. Uh, hey, you still haven't seen the first movie. I still haven't seen any of them. I want you to at least watch the first one with me. I know, I know, I know, I know. But look, just one. I'm not saying all of them. Just one. Just so you could understand some of the dumb references that I make. G4D fans, try and help me to convince Adam here. No. Tell him he should watch no, the first Fast and the Furious movie. No, please. Just, you gotta do it. You gotta do it. Who says? Me, your co-host. Ugh. 
I, I don't even want to. Look, look, look. I, I understand. But what if we got like some pizza and some beer? We'll make it fun. We can do a recording. I guess I can put the pizza the whole time. I guess I can put the pizza over my eyes, so I won't have to watch it. That might work. <laughs> no, I just think I want to see you make fun of it hey, so bad. Hey, I'm Vin Diesel. Hey, I'm Paul Walker. Let's go race cars, but we're undercover agents, right? Is that it? <laughs> oh snap! It's Jason Statham. <laughs> yes, that's the exact plot. <laughs> Is that it? Oh look. It's The Rock now. Hi, Rock. Is Michelle Rodriguez in it? Yes, she oh, is. Oh, hi, Michelle Rodriguez. You want to drive this truck into the highway and crash it? Okay. <laughs> Whoa, The Rock is fighting Vin Diesel? Whoa. In a car. I, I feel like I'm in a Portlandia skit right oh, now. Oh, dang. There's Common. What up, Common? <laughs> this, this, all this sounds like something like Fred Armisen would say. <laughs> God, I don't even know what I'm getting into here. Oh, you, you're going to love it, buddy. You're going to love it. Oh, good mm. stuff. And I'm going to love if you, fine folks, go to g4dpodcast.com where you can check out all of our episodes. We are also on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Music. Find us on Facebook and Instagram. So stay tuned and stay caffeinated, G4D fam. Mm. Mm, yes, caffeine. What, what's like a catchphrase from Fast and Furious? Live your live your life a quarter tank at a time, fans. <laughs> live your life a quarter cup at a time. There it is. <laughs> uh, we'll see you next time on G4D, a.k.a. Grounds for Discussion. Discussion. What are you, Stephen Malcolmus, trying to experiment here? <laughs> what if I am, huh? You well, mean? you need to learn how to make a better electronic album then. Maybe I should cut my hair. Maybe you should and harness your hopes. <laughs> Bye. Caffeine-induced antics on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under the username G4D underscore podcast. Drop us a line at G4Dpodcast at gmail.com if you have any music suggestions, general questions, or business inquiries. You can find our podcast on iTunes, and John and I would super appreciate if you rated and subscribed to our show. May your cup and heart always be full of coffee, good music, and cliche motivational ending sentences. Thanks.